Welcome back to the Seriously Don't Do That podcast. I'm your host, Dan Griffith. I'm the president of Grow With Dan. Tonight's Don't Do That or DDT is Don't Do RFPs or RFQs or RFIs. Good evening, David. Good evening. Now, I could be wrong, but isn't an RFP the way a lot of organizations do purchases? Um. It's not the way they do purchases all the time. There is an exception to this, as there is to everything. Uh, some governments have, are mandated by regulation to do it. But in my experience, many times an RFP is a, I call it a fishing expedition, by an organization to just see what's out there. Many times if you talk with somebody that is in the procurement part of an organization, they'll tell you that they narrowed down a list of people they wanted to talk to by issuing an RFP. Um, I've spent time and effort on these in the past, really just to find out that I'm doing the homework of somebody in a purchasing organization that was quite honestly a little lazy and didn't want to do their own homework. So I get it. You're not a huge fan of RFPs. Why is that? Well, I mean, I... For small organizations, I call an RFP a request for pain, and nobody wants pain, right? Um, but uh, oftentimes, organizations, especially smaller businesses, which is where I've found my client uh, clients to be over the years, can waste a tremendous amount of effort, time, actually real dollars out of their organizations, and responding to something that they will never have a chance of winning, either because of their size or because of their lack of influence with a buyer. I remember very early on in my, my career, I worked for an IBM operating company, and I would get RFPs all the time. Of course, this was on something called a fax. David, you probably don't even know what that is. Uh, before my time. Yes, well before your time, back when I had a beautiful head of hair, um, which has really been a really long time. But we would get faxes in with, with RFPs and RFQs all the time. Um, then we started to get emails and I remember just like it was yesterday, I got an email in, in a Microsoft word document of an RFP and I opened it up and I, I don't know why I did this, but I checked in the properties and I was surprised to find in the properties, it was written by a salesperson at one of my competitors, which made me realize that many times an RFP, if it's not a fishing expedition, it's one of my competitors that have written something that we're just helping justify their purchase. So what should I do if I get an RFP? Well, I would suggest you have a rule. If you didn't write it or heavily influence it, I wouldn't respond. Now, when you're a small organization or you're looking for business, RFPs are very difficult to walk away from. But think about it as an opportunity cost where you're spending time and effort on something that you probably have a less than 10% chance of winning. Spend time on the things that you have a much better chance of winning. You can just, again, I, th I think of an organization I worked for a number of years ago that spent somewhere around $1,500 to reply to RFPs because they were having to write it, they were having to print it, they were having people outside the organization write it. And their win percentage was zero. Zero percent of these RFPs they won. So I would just tell you, don't reply to RFPs. I'll make an exception in unless you wrote it or heavily influenced it. That's tonight's DDT. Until next time, be well 
and grow. Next week, we're going to talk about the founder's worst nightmare and salespeople's favorite topic, compensation, and why you shouldn't pay people for things you don't want them to do.